0: You know, on before you start talking. Well, good morning, everybody. No, no. Yeah, I know, right? Even Emil agrees with me on that one. Good morning, everybody. There we go. That's more like it. All right. It is so good to be back here serving where I can honestly feel so welcome and like I have a second family. Before we really dive into today's message, I wanted to ask everybody here a question. Who has ever felt truly and completely accepted? And I'm talking the type of accepted where you know that not only everything you love about yourself, but the also everything you view as a flaw or a weakness was also truly loved and accepted me am i the only one yeah yeah there there we go got a couple others good you know it's a hard thing to feel and yet there are actually many who have felt it i know i have but only by one person you see by the time i'm done speaking you'll all have the opportunity to feel the same acceptance that I'm talking about. The only thing you'll have to do is answer one simple question. What are you turning to for acceptance? You see, it's important to ask the question this way, because so often we ask a yes or a no question, and that just gives us all an easy out to hard questions in life. After all, We can just say yes or no and then not actually address the opposite side of the answer or acknowledge what that really means. You see, example, let's take two very common examples here. One that's very personal to me is weight loss. A lot of us know that, say, vegetables or protein are really good for us, right? So when you want to lose weight, you might ask the question, are you eating enough vegetables? And many probably just answer, oh, yeah, no. I should probably start doing that, though. But that's an easy out, just saying no. It doesn't address the core issue, which is if you're not eating what you should be eating, what are you eating that's causing you to gain or to not lose the weight that you want to lose? Or, how about this one? This one's a really common one, especially in America. Uh, How about getting enough sleep at night? How many of us just wake up and feel so tired because we aren't getting enough sleep? A lot, right? So we just ask, well, did you get enough sleep last night? Right, no, a lot of no's. But have you ever thought to consider what, were we doing instead of going to bed on time what did we fill our time with instead of saying i'm going to choose to go to sleep on time to give myself enough sleep so today i propose the question to you all what are you turning to for acceptance are you turning to your pets or animals to accept you What about other people? Or maybe you're going bigger and you're turning to an entire community to try and be accepted. A lot of those will lead to some short-term acceptance. And so long as you rub each other's back or maybe you're not too loud or not too quiet, you'll be accepted. But it's very transactional. But if you're ready, though, for that true acceptance then answer today's question by turning to Jesus for your acceptance because i want every one of you to know whether you are white, black, brown, green or any other skin color, if you have tattoos or not, if you are republican or democrat, if you are gay, straight, questioning or anything in between This is the time to turn and learn about the way that Jesus accepts any one of us. If we are ready to turn to him and accept him into our lives, then he will show you what it means to be truly accepted. Now, if you don't feel like you can say yes right now, that's fine. That's why I want to propose the question right away. Because today, we're going to look at a few times in the Bible where there has been true acceptance. And I truly implore you, if you are thinking of saying no to Jesus today, that you just listen. That you hear what he has to say to you today. Because he is reaching out and he wants to accept you into his loving arms and give you the grace that he showed us on the cross. So before you just turn off the stream or before you zone out or walk away just choose to listen today but before we begin let's just all bow our heads and pray today lord i just want to pray for every single person here i want to pray for our hearts i want to pray that you will open them to your word i want to pray that you will open up our ears and our eyes to your Holy Spirit, that you will just let your message flow, that your words will be heard today, that those who need to hear you will have the ears to hear you, that those who need to see you will have the eyes to see you, and that those who have never truly accepted you into their hearts, today will be the day that they turn and go, Lord, I want you to love me amen so today the first place i want us to look is all the way back in the beginning in genesis chapter three because we're going to see a theme here where nobody was called by their name at least up until a very certain point so let's start reading now the serpent was more crafty You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, and he shall rule over you. And here is where we have a shift. And to Adam he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife, you have eaten of the tree of which I command you. You shall not eat of it. garments of skins and clothed them so when we look back at verse 17 the entire time this whole thing you don't see any names and then all of a sudden god calls him adam there's a big shift a paradigm that happens for you see genesis 3 the whole first of it involves the devil he's there he's the one giving identity to adam and to eve because god isn't there yet and adam and eve have departed from god they're not turning to god for their identity at that point for their acceptance so to the devil all they are to him is just a man and a woman they have no name. They have no identity. He doesn't care. He really doesn't. But once Adam and Eve finally turn back to God for their acceptance, their names come back into the picture. It is Adam and it is Eve. Because Adam has repented and turned to God. Because because. Jer- His identity was always supposed to be what God had intended it to be. If you look at Jeremiah 1.5, it says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. God has always known every single one of us before he ever even put us in our mother's womb. He had a plan for every last one of us. And then, you see, all the way in verse 20 and 21, Adam even retains the job that he had from the beginning, naming every creature on this earth. God allows him to name his wife, Eve, the mother of all living things. God still knew exactly what Adam would name her, but he wanted that job to still be hers, or his. And God was still giving her that identity and that love through Adam. Now, or at least through allowing Adam to have that job. Now, yes, God may have punished their disobedience, but he accepts them all the same, immediately without any more words, because he gives them all of those clothes. Because you see, just because we can go through a little bit of a you know repercussion for some of our actions does not mean that we aren't accepted after all let's say that somebody steals from you you can still choose to accept that person but it doesn't mean you can't necessarily stop the police from coming in and taking them to jail right <laughs> crime was still committed but where do we actually see the acceptance of God, right? We see it when he's first called Adam and not just the man. It's amazing. And how do we see it? As God is giving Adam and Eve their clothing, despite their disobedience, God is showing, hey, I accept who you are doesn't matter that I had to punish you. You are still loved. And the best thing about about all of this is the fact that Adam and Eve had something about them that they didn't think were going to be accepted. That's why they hid from God in the first place. They had been disobedient and they were naked and they were afraid. And yet, God didn't say, oh, yes, you should have hid because you were naked. He just asked, who told you? He accepts all of that. But because they didn't want to be naked anymore, God still gave them all of that clothing and accepted the fact that they had a disobedient nature about them. They had one tree that they couldn't eat from, and they disobeyed God. And yet God forgave them all the same, immediately. It's just such beauty. The next place that I really want us to look at is all the way forward in Luke chapter 7. And this has a very personal meaning for me, but let's read. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet with her tears and wiped them, or with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. A certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. Just so, for a point of reference here, a denarii was an entire day's wages. So one person is owing over an entire year of wages here. Now, when they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning to the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet Then those who were at table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Acceptance can be a really hard thing for a lot of people to accept. And I was among those people. You see, I remember when I was searching for an answer and when I was questioning all the things that I had thought were true in life. You see, I was born and I was raised Catholic. And there was a time where I just went, you know what, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. It just feels ritualistic. This feels wrong. This, I, I have no connection to any of this. And I just, I can't. I have have nothing here, and I turned away from God hard, so hard that I became an atheist. I, at one point, even delved into paganism and witchcraft for a little bit of time, and honestly, it was a really dark point in my life. And eventually, God started to call out to me, and he reached me in many different ways. And I had to reach a very broken place in my life. And one day, after hearing a friend of mine share the gospel with me multiple times, and believe me, I told that friend, no, I don't want anything to do with this, many times. Finally, I said, you know what? Let me come meet with your pastor. And I had an intention to come and meet with him for about three minutes. I wanted to get a list of churches and then be on my way to go explore. This man pulled me into a conversation, and he really started to get to know me, and Then he shared this exact story with me. And I felt like that woman. I felt like I had been so broken and like I could not turn to face Jesus with everything that I had done in my life. And at first... I wavered on the border. And I was asked a very important question. If Jesus could accept everything that this woman had done, is there anything that you could have done that he wouldn't accept? And finally, I just went, you know what? You're right. He would accept it. He really would. And I can tell you, I can still remember the exact ceiling tile that I was sitting out under there. And I would point it out to you time that I accepted Christ into my life. And I remember praying that day and just hearing, read, 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 read. And I got my first Bible that day. And ever since, I have not been able to put it down. And I am where I am today because of what Jesus has done for me and what Jesus has done for every single one of you. The fact that he came down to this earth to live and to show us a perfect way to do all of it. And then he went willingly to a cross to die and to say, I forgive each and every one of you. And then three days later, rose from the dead to prove that he had the power to do exactly what he did for this woman here, forgive sins and the power over life and death. You see, the acceptance we see here this woman, probably all of her life, had turned to men for other, for her acceptance. And I don't mean turning to men in, in the fact that many people thought she was a prostitute and, and sexually she was turning. No, no, no. I mean that she was just looking at other people and going, will you accept me? And so many times people probably went, yeah, okay. And then when they got to know her, know who she was, what she did, went, get away from me, you are unclean. That's not acceptance. That's not acceptance at all. But so many times, people will do that to us. But not Jesus. Jesus looks at us and says, everything about you I accept. He showed it to her in the parable that he told 500 denarii versus 50 and he would forgive every single denarii owed and he showed it even more in the way he compared the pharisee to this woman the water for feet of a custom in that time there was plenty that this pharisee had to go around he couldn't even be bothered And yet this woman cried her eyes out for Jesus, anointing and a kiss. This woman spent her life savings on this alabaster flask, and she was humbling herself, kissing the dirtiest part of this man's feet, or this man's body, his feet. He had been walking around on dust and clay Probably through, you know, bits and pieces of horse manure. Because, you know, it's not like the streets were clean too often back then. And that's just what life was. And she didn't care. She wanted Jesus in her life. And Jesus wanted her in his life. And the best part is the way he said, Your sins are forgiven and go in peace. He doesn't tell her, go in peace and now go do this, 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 and this. He just says go. Go in peace. Your faith has saved you. There's nothing more to it. It's so beautiful. He accepted her past. He accepted all the sins that she thought he could not accept. And this is exactly what we need to be doing as Christians as well, is looking at other people and going, you know what? Jesus would accept you. Jesus doesn't care about all of your sins. He wants you to know Him. He wants you to know exactly who He is and He wants you to be in His life. It's the most beautiful thing. The last place I want us to look is in Acts chapter 9. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly, for behold, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. This is just beautiful. Because you see, this is what can happen when we take that acceptance from man a little bit too far. We can become so overly zealous for that acceptance that we turn and start doing things that we never thought we would do in the first place. I don't think Saul would have ever imagined himself a murderer. He was a Pharisee. He knew the first five books of the Bible by heart. After all, one of the Ten Commandments is, you shall not murder. Clear as day. And yet, he was breathing murder against Christians. So we can really find ourselves blind to that true acceptance sometimes. So when we see the moment that Paul was just visited by the Holy Spirit and by Jesus, we know that Jesus wants that acceptance for Paul. Spoiler alert, Saul's name is turned to Paul if you've not read that far in the Bible. And it really is kind of an amazing thing. And it's just seen best when the Lord then sends Ananias to Paul to restore his sight. Somebody else to go, hey, I took this away. Go give it back. Go be with him. Go fellowship with him. Go show him what it means to be accepted by those who he has been persecuting. A little bit of Uh, divine humor, if you will. And even Paul had things that he'd never thought would be accepted by God. The fact that he was a murderer. Every single one of us would probably agree. Murder is just awful. We don't want to see it. God definitely doesn't. Because God has always had a design. And Paul here, he really departed from that design. And he was finding himself in that place of brokenness. And all he could do was try and fix it on his own. He turned to people, to his organization, to the Pharisees. And he was just trying to murder and persecute and find his own way back to God. And he was just getting further and further from it. More and more into brokenness. To the point where his own breath was breathing murder and threats. And then all he really had to do though was just turn and believe in the fact that Jesus had come down, had died on that cross and was raised three days later. And you know what? He did. That's why Ananias was sent. God restored him and helped him to recover and to pursue God's original design for him. And you know what? Saul, later named Paul, then wrote most of the New Testament. All of the epistles that are so commonly quoted Romans, Ephesians, Corinthians, Galatians, Thessalonians. Amazing books of the Bible. And he wrote all of them. He really became a true lover of God. And he truly got accepted for all of it. And if Paul hadn't accepted Jesus, all he really would have been doing was accepting religion. Because you see, that's not what we need in our lives. We don't need religion. I know, I'm a pastor's assistant standing in a church right in front of a pulpit basically saying you don't need religion. It's kind of funny, you can laugh, but it's true. What we need is a relationship. We need a relationship with Christ. That's what he wants. Because there's a huge difference in what religion is and what a relationship with Christ is. Religion basically says you need to do X, Y, Z, possibly the entire alphabet before that, and then maybe at the end of your life, if you've done everything right, you might be accepted. Might, maybe, who knows? But with Christ, when you accept Him, He accepts you. And He says, I am now going to walk with you right from the start. And I'm going to be in a relationship with you right from the start. And we are going to walk hand in hand until you get into heaven. Because that is now where you're going. Period. Done. That's it. That There is no you now need to do this, 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 and this. It is you have turned, you have believed, you have followed me. Congratulations. You have it. You have my love. You have my acceptance. You have my forgiveness and my grace. That is the love of Christ. At this point, I want to call a meal back up because today you all have that crucial question to answer and the bible has shown us a lot of truths about acceptance so what is it that you are turning to for acceptance are you turning to man are you turning to religion or organizations or communities Are you turning towards the things that would strip you of your identity, the one that God has had for you since before he even put you in your mother's womb? Or are you finally ready for true acceptance? Are you ready to turn to Jesus and let him be the one to accept you and to show you what it means to have purpose and a place in this world? You can turn to the things of this world, But time and time again, they will just lead to brokenness. They will lead you to feel good for a time. But when the gatekeepers come to tell you how to act or how not to act, then you'll find yourself in a place where you're controlled and not accepted. But with Christ in your life, you will have a Father in heaven that you can turn to over and over again whose arms you can run into no matter how broken you may feel. If a woman who was so outcast by society because she was a prostitute could be looked at by Jesus with love and compassion and accepted and forgiven of everything, then why can't you be? If a man who with every breath in his lungs spit out threats, and had the blood of many innocents on his hands, could be forgiven and accepted by Jesus, then what could you have possibly done that couldn't be accepted as well? Jesus is here, and he is ready to accept every single one of you who would come and choose to follow him today. If you are ready to do that, I'm going to be right down here, ready to pray with you. Just come forward and let's pray for Jesus to come into your life. And if you just need prayers for something today, come down and pray with me. It doesn't matter if everyone needs to pray today. That's all right. Emil will just keep playing. He's used to it. Form a line if we need. If there is a lot of people who show that they need to pray... Sure, the deacons can come up and pray with people as well. We are all here today for you. So come up right now and accept Jesus into your life. Neil, take it away.